Martech Stacks, episode 22 with Orn Greenberg. Brought to you by Content Cal. Plan, collaborate on, approve, and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. This is Martech Stacked, the weekly show that delves into the what, which, why, and how of marketing technology. I'm your host, David Bain. And each episode, I'll be chatting with a top marketer or a top technologist about what MarTech they use, which are their top tools, why they use the tools that they do, and how they integrate everything together as part of their overarching content marketing strategy and MarTech stack. I'm joined today by a non-executive director and advisor with 17 years of hands-on experience in digital marketing. He's been featured in The Telegraph, eConsultancy and Social Media Examiner, and is founder of Curve, a London-based modular growth marketing consultancy agency serving FTSE 250s and scale-ups. Welcome to Martech Stacked, Orrin Greenberg. Pleasure, David. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, great to have you on here. Of course, you can find Orrin over at curve.co.uk, and that's Curve with a capital K. So, um, Orrin, um, explain what Curve does and how you use marketing technology to make it better. Sure, sure. So we're um, primarily a performance marketing company, it's just about DNA. So we always think about how to run experiments, how to make everything measurable, very data-led with our approach. And we work with two types of clients. So some of them are very large, notable clients like Lenovo, Canon, Investec Bank, HomeServe, etc. And on the other half, we work with VC-backed businesses and scale. So I'm also a non-exec and an advisor for a few different businesses. So I kind of get parachuted in to kind of orchestrate and um, help out on the strategy, make sure that we're we're cracking growth. But I'm very focused on an inbound and outbound holistic approach to to driving growth. I help with you know interviewing candidates, building growth teams, building growth engines, implementing the MarTech stack, attribution, and media buying video marketing, paid search, kind of a holistic, full funnel. So, um, yeah, I'm just playing around with them, moving to a, uh, a kind of chief growth officer type of positioning to kind of solidify more of a holistic um, view on marketing. Okay, so you're involved in a whole lot of things. I'm sure you've got experience in, with, and you're using many different types of marketing technologies. So let's get a flavor of the top piece of marketing technology you're actually using at the moment. Um, Going straight for the top three. So starting off number three, what are your top three tools in your current MarTech stack and why? Sure. So I use over 15 different tools at the moment. So I'm quite prolific with my usage and I'm very keen on them. If I had to select my top three, I'd probably pick similar web, Autopilot HQ. I think my third would probably be AHREF. So, uh, okay. So um, three marketing technologies that I'm certainly aware of and that are very important for many businesses. So let's find out the order that are, in, in other words, let, let's find out which is number one, which is number two, number three. So, so starting off with number three, which tool would you actually pick as number three? I guess I'd probably pick, probably I guess Autopilot HQ would be my third. Third, okay. So Autopilot HQ, um, great marketing automation tool, um, focusing, I guess, primarily on email, but also incorporating other forms of communication as well. Um, how would you describe Autopilot HQ? It's a visual workflow for managing omnichannel comms, mostly geared towards a B2B audience. And omnichannel comms, so is email the most important thing or 
are you finding, are you discovering that um, other forms of communication are starting to be just as important or nearly as important for you? Yeah, I'd say email is, is definitely the core of the, of the feature set. And I think it's all driven, but you can connect the text messages and you can do other stuff that's pretty cool with it. So I don't think it's explicit. I think email is still the main usage. I think it's now growing beyond just that, yeah. I love to use autopilot because it's such an incredibly um, intuitive visual tool and you can drag and drop things around the screen. They look lovely and you can actually have fun using it. And so I'm the type of marketer that um, doesn't necessarily just want to select a technology based upon what it does, but how it is to use it. Why did you actually select autopilot instead of any of the um, perhaps even hundreds of other um, marketing automation type tools that you could have selected already. Why not something like Active Campaign instead? Yeah, so if I just gave Active Campaign as an example that actually illustrates my point as a whole, is my perception of Active Campaign is it's much more B2C centric and much more larger volume. And I'm actually more interested in the qualitative journey for individual leads because I think in B2B it's longer sales cycles more touch points and you want to go deeper into less people, less companies. And I like this, the centricity that autopilot has. Um, I like the workflow and I, I think it's because it's got lead scoring, which is a very important um, function, which a lot of the others you kind of, you mess around with. Um, so that's my preference. I think an integrated tool, if you can afford it, like a, a whole sweet marketing tool, like a HubSpot or something is great. I just think you pay a premium. I think the problem I have is, I really like specialist tools and I rather integrate specialist tools rather than go for a marketing automation solution that does some things very well, but does most things as, on average. So a great example is um, Ahref, which is a really deep SEO tool and HubSpot SEO tool isn't even the 50th of the, the functionality of that that Ahref offers. So mm. I think HubSpot is, is like a great all rounder for small and medium sized businesses. I think just when you're really deep into marketing you've been doing it for a long time i just i really love having that additional power and going a lot deeper and therefore i I prefer my specialist tools so that's my i guess the two contrasts to why i see marketing automation on one end and why i veered away from that even though we use hubspot but just the crm not the marketing suite and then on the other half i veered away from the the other email marketing tools because they're not as b2b centric i think autopilot is is affordable flexible and it has a lot of cool integrations, which I value. So what integrations are most important for you? Yeah, so like a HubSpot integration is pretty cool. The way they integrate to Zapier, they have a native integration to the Salesforce, which um, you know we, we implement um, Autopilot for a few different clients. And it's very important to have some sort of something that integrates really nicely between the email marketing and, and the Salesforce when we're not using Pardot, which is um, a bit a very robust, very powerful tool, a bit old school for me. I don't really like the UX or the UI and the experience of Pardot. So I'd rather avoid that. Um, so we end up sometimes just using autopilot and integrating into Salesforce if there's no part or marketing automation component. And can you give us uh, a little flavor on the most important aspects of the journey that you've introduced to autopilot? Obviously, you can have an almost limitless um, number of steps, stages um, within the sequence that you create in autopilot. Um, so what have you created um, that uh, has had uh, an exceptionally positive impact on someone becoming a client or a customer? Sure. 
I think the, the reason I like it is how it scans the forms automatically on submission and then pulls that information in. And then mm. the way we can just orchestrate the, the channel from a leader magnet that's been downloaded and how that adds to the lead score, then how they download and engage with other pieces of content on, on specific pages or specific pieces of content that they download. And then you kind of get a nice good image of who's engaged. And then that really feeds into the sales team and they know to put more energy into those prospects. So I just think it's like... Um, the reporting is, is, is like nice and simple and clean, is easy to use. And I mean, it's not, it's not like the most powerful tool out there, but I think unless you're doing significant volume, you don't need to pay a premium for very expensive and powerful tools. And I think a lot of businesses I come into, they overspend on their MarTech stack and the, the team is not upskilled or using them effectively. So I think sometimes simpler is better because at least you're going to be doing something with it. Okay, so you mentioned a few other tools there. Um, you talked about SimilarWeb, Ahrefs. Um, we talked about Hotjar um, prior to starting the conversation as well. Um, so which tool actually makes it as number two in your MarTech stack? I think Ahrefs would probably be my second second choice. Right, okay. And Ahrefs is a tool that I'm aware of. I haven't used it extensively. I've probably used um, SEO Rush a little bit more or even SEO Monitor or uh, another SEO type platform. What about Ahrefs um, made you select it over its competition? I think the volume of features relative to price ratio is probably quite good. And I think it's just the, the usability and the depth of expertise that goes into it. I think they're, I think they're genuine SEO experts and they're very passionate around SEO as a, as a, in terms of their community building activity and the quality of the content they produce. And I think they, I think I've bought into their ethos and them as a business, but I think I've also bought into them as, 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 as a fantastic tool. But it was interesting because there was this research recently and um, i think it was in i don't know if it's search engine land or one of one of the search blogs the popular ones and it compared a lot of the tools and it found that actually moz had better reach in terms of estimating and understanding the keyword ranking so the keyword ranking component moz was superior but then i think href had a different feature set so it's like you don't you it, i think it's and more important to understand what is a specific feature that you, you need for your SEO? Like, what is your focus? Is your focus more like understanding keyword ranking or is it understanding backlinks? Um, but yeah, for me, I just I like, you know, that it has like the content explorer as part of it. I like the bulk upload tools. It's very effective for getting a snapshot. I think it's just very feature rich. It's got a lot of really cool functionality that I, I tend to use to understand competitors and backlink profiles. So, I mean, you mentioned Moz there as well. Um, Moz was um, a very popular tool, certainly. I haven't heard so many people talk about it over the last couple of years or so. What type of business would you say is better off purchasing a subscription to Moz and what type of business is more um, appropriate to, to sign up for Ahrefs? I think um, you sign up to Moz if you're less um, sensitive to aesthetic because I don't think it's as well designed just of UX or, or visually, but it's effectively more suited for smaller businesses who don't need as much power. And I think Ahref is not, it's not an enterprise level tool like Raven tools or some of the others. So it's not, it's not like Ahref is the most powerful tool. I think it's the most powerful tool for the majority of use cases. If you're not going enterprise level with SEO. Um, and I think Ahref just gives you more, 
more value for money and because it's more feature rich from my experience. I haven't used Moss for a while though. It's, like it's been four or five years since I used it. So I don't know. I can't, I can't say equivalently right now. Yeah. Moss is superior to HF. I don't know. Um, but right now I'm very, I think it's better to, let's say Moz was better. Let's say HF was 80% of Moz. It doesn't matter. What matters is I have a tool that I've got a good workflow with that I know how to use and I'm going to use because I know how to use it rather than trying to find the best tool. What I see businesses doing is business that they're software hopping rather than just being comfortable enough that they're 80%. But you know, that the amount of energy and time wasted on developing new habits is very expensive and mm. um, it's a steep learning curve. And I think if you can get into a good habit and a good cadence with using a tool, you don't need to keep sw- swapping to just get an extra 10% improvement because the truth is, if you actually looked at how often people are using these tools, very few people are logging into these tools every day. It's just like ad hoc usage or using it on a, on a, on a need basis. So I think um, there's a lot of obsession around the tools, but in reality, it's more about who's utilizing them, which is more important than what they're trying to do. Great advice, great advice. So to take the time to make sure, hopefully it's the right tool that you're going to be using to begin with. But once you're embracing it, once you've trained yourself and your team on it, then try and stick with it because it's going to take a lot of hardship potentially to move to something else. So let's move on to your next selection. We've had choice number three, well, choice number two. What is your choice number one? Yeah, I'd say similar web was choice number one. I think the reason it's the number one choice is I think it's quite unique in how in how it in, in the value it offers. And all the other tools, like I said, like with the HF or Moore's example, you can swap out and you'll get like eighty or ninety percent of similar functionality and feature set. But with similar web, you don't have an alternative that's like a 10% difference. It's actually, I think, the way that they gather the data or whatever, you know, black box they have for doing it seems to be incredibly robust. And, you know, I just did this uh, massive project where I took the MarTech landscape, 7,198 websites, and enriched it with three years of, of traffic data from similar web, which is a you know, huge project. It's taken me a long time, a lot of effort, and I've worked quite closely with them, and I'm quite impressed with the depth and quality of the data that they have. I think it is less accurate on smaller websites. So I think if websites are getting less than five or 10,000 uniques a month, it's probably not the right tool. But I think if you're starting to like hit above 50K a month in terms of visits, then I think the tool starts to have a lot more merit to usage. I do think it's it's good for comparisons, but not for absolute numbers. And so if you want to understand trends over time and, and kind of dig a bit deeper, but the main feature I think is unique and probably adds the most value is it shows us the keywords that people type in. So Google Analytics doesn't do that anymore because of HTTPS and uh, Google Webmasters also my experience is a bit um, mixed in terms of the accuracy, but similar web feels well, when I'm looking up through the data, it, it's more, more representative of the keywords people are actually typing in. And that is very valuable insight that is required for SEO purposes, but also understanding the prospect and their mindset and what they're looking for and thinking about what content to produce and what people to go after in terms of their pain points. So it's, it's more than just SEO. So I certainly like the look and feel of similar web. I've used it uh, a, a bit in the past. What would you say are some of the key use case scenarios for similar web? Um, you, you touched on SEO, but you also mentioned that it was more broader than that. Um, you could use it for, for, for strategy. Um, is it important, um, maybe when deciding on marketing strategy, to do competitor analysis with? Is it a case of um, looking at your own historical um, data, uh, your own domain's data? What are, the, what are the more important use case scenarios? Yeah, I'd say the, there's two. I think the, 
The main one is understanding your whole view of market and how different websites are competing in terms of total traffic. And then you can see how are you trending compared to competitors. So you have a benchmarking and competitive insight. I'd say that's the first. And then the second is understanding which channels are driving the traffic to competitors. Is it display? Is it email? Is it PPC? Is it SEO? So what is a channel mix? So by understanding the channel mix, and if a competitor over time is investing more in a specific channel, then that's likely to mean that they're getting a good return and that uncovers for you an opportunity to research and explore what they're doing. Um, but, you know, for, it has a great um, feature which shows you the display ads, for instance, so you can see what, what ads their competitors have and um, that you can learn how to position your brand separately or to differentiate yourself because you can see what all your competitors are saying. So you want to be saying something different. To many businesses, they sound the same and look the same because they're trying to mimic their competitors and you need to do the opposite. You need to differentiate yourself because a buyer needs you to stand out to, to select you. So in my mind, having that whole market view as a CMO or chief growth officer is very critical. So those are the two main use cases for me and how I utilize it from a marketing point of view. And what type of business should be definitely signing up and using SimilarWeb? I think any business that, that has enough traffic and is interested in digital marketing in terms of growth is in a competitive set. So if it's a unique feature, a unique product that doesn't have life like competitors, then you have no, no value in comparing yourself to others. So it's not good for you. But if you are in a competitive set, you've got at least four or five competitors and you want to see how you're doing over time, and you want to drive insight to see how you can improve, then it's suitable. So I'd say you have to have some level of maturity. You probably need to be 25, 50 employees as a minimum. And you probably need to have a decent marketing budget spend of, say, probably minimum 10, 15K a month as a, as a lower end. And I think you need to have an appetite for, for rigor and data as a cultural component. You, want, you need to want to make data-led decisions. And even though that sounds obvious and you're like, doesn't everyone? And the answer is no, some people don't. So they, they'd rather continue and doing things the way that they know how to do things and they don't really want to change the way that they operate. And then obviously you can hear I'm not, not the most keen on that as an approach. I don't, that's not how I operate. I, I'd like to make decisions based on, on evidence and then on evidence-led market here. Um, so I think that's probably the best fit in terms of my, my, my opinion. Um, I think the similar web team probably have a better idea because they sell it and they know who the best customers are. But I reckon bigger businesses, for sure. I think it's it's more built and focused towards enterprise. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's quite an expensive piece of kit. Um, but I think it is quite unique in its insight. Well, let's veer back to talking about your own business and ask you, as your business grows, what's an example of a process that you currently do manually that you may wish to automate using marketing technology in the future? Mm. I'm actually literally deep into a process building at the moment using ClickUp, which is a project management system. And I'm actually now more interested or curious about how to integrate the marketing automation components into the project management. And I think that's where like, it's interesting. So for example, I'm trying to get HubSpot, which is like a key piece of a marketing tech stack. And it is really a great CRM. I just think it's not as powerful as Salesforce. Um, but I don't need that power for, for my business, so it's okay. Um, but some of my clients, I would recommend that they go and do um, use Salesforce because it's, it's overkill for them. Um, and then trying to integrate HubSpot into ClickUp so I can get leads and prospects and make sure I'm following up. And I said I'm going to follow up, make sure I'm delivering what I said I'm going to be delivering on my team is. 
So that's like a key project integration that we're just working on at the moment. So I kind of actually really deep into that. And that's probably why I've, I've answered your question in that way. Yeah, I've had a few recommendations of ClickUp actually, and um, it's certainly a tool that um, has come on my radar fairly recently. But it's, uh, it's, it's something that I'm I'm trying as well. Um, I originally used Trello quite a bit, but um, it's it's a replacement for Trello as well, and that um, it can give you that kind of card look and feel. Uh, did you consider other tools before you selected ClickUp? Yeah, I've probably used about six or seven different product management tools over the years. Um, I was using Asana before and I liked Asana, but I saw ClickUp as the contender. So I saw as Asana's growing market share, ClickUp was offering very similar functionality, catching up very quickly, but not more affordable price. And then I just felt like, you know what, actually, I really like the, the shape of this business. And I felt as Asana goes more enterprise and I'm not quite there yet, I wanted to go to something that's more usable. But ClickUp is incredibly robust. It's surprising. It's a bit slow and a bit sluggish. But overall, it's a fantastic project management tool. And I like um, a lot of its integrations into email and into all my different marketing tools as well. So it's a pretty cool piece of kit. Trello is not a like-for-like comparison. I think Trello is a, is a lightweight um, alternative from my experience. I haven't used Trello in about four or five years as well. So yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily suggest that people who are listening to this, they take that as gospel, go check it out. If, if you do like for like practicing part, what's better for you? I think if you're really into Kanban, then Trello is great. I think for ClickUp, Kanban is just one of the views. It has like eight or seven, you know, seven or eight different views. So um, it's, it's pretty robust. It's pretty impressed. Right. It's also um, replaced Notion for me. So I was using Notion, which I really enjoyed. And now actually it has a lot of similar functionality to Notion. So we've actually started integrating all of it into one place rather than disparate systems. Are you trying to actually reduce the numbers of marketing, te- marketing technology that you use within Curve at the moment? I, I know you said that you like to have um, the optimum piece of technology for every different um, function within your business. Uh, do, do, do you have a, a maximum number of tools that you like to use and uh, ideally reduce them? So I'm delineating um, core processes from delivery processes. So core process, right. which is um, functions of business project management, we want this list amount that we don't want to have Google Drive and Dropbox and Box and you know, and, and click up all at once. We just want to have one because you don't want documents everywhere. So centralizing processes and systems between teams is important. It's in one place. But marketing tech, I want as many tools as possible because each marketing tech tool gives me insight in marketing in a way that I can never get in one centralized tool. Like no one tool does everything. So I, you know, you have to integrate the, the stack. So I guess there's two stacks: there's the business stack, the core stack, and then there's the marketing tech stack. Marketing tech stack. Yeah, the more the merrier. You know, I love I love playing around. I mean, I've got a lot more tools. I just we just haven't talked about them. And what do you use for your ultimate um, source of truth in terms of your data? If you have so many tools, is it autopilot or something else? Mm. Ultimate source of truth. I guess the it's a. I don't have one ultimate per se because they have different functions. But it would be autopilot, HubSpot, and Google Analytics would be the three where I get a view of what's going on with the website what's going on in the, in the, in the sales and, and, and client management, and then um, what's happening in terms of just nurturing leads. So I think those are three, and they're, they're, I can't get the data. I mean, I could, probably could, but I, no, I don't think I could actually. But I, I do, wouldn't want to try and pull it onto one system. I don't think it's built for that. I may want to visualize it in a BI tool one day um, when I've got enough volume to justify it. But for now, the outbox reports work fine and well enough, and I don't spend... I don't spend excess energy or time on, on overcomplicating things unless I have to. Nowadays, I'm all about as simple as possible rather, you know, and I tend to 
I veer towards complexity, which is why I really try and simplify because I'm very curious and I like innovating and trying new things and the cost of that can be prohibitive to the business. I think technical marketers naturally veer towards complexity and that's not necessarily an efficient way of, of, of getting things done. Yes, I couldn't say better than myself, yes. Um, well, let's ask you, what is something that you have in mind that would be a wonderful piece of marketing technology that perhaps doesn't, doesn't even exist yet, but you would love to see created? Are we speaking like in the completely theoretical, like 50 years down the line type of thing? I, I'm quite happy to ask questions and have the uh, um, person who's answering the questions go, go as creatively as possible. adapt and, and, and sure. give, give whatever answer you like. Yeah, I think there's a finite amount of knowledge. There's like um, someone telling me the other day, there's a lot of ways to fail, but there's not that many ways to succeed. When you think about that deeply for a second, it means there must be a formula for getting something right. Whatever that is, there's a set, a set of steps that's optimal. And when I think about, and there's like a status yesterday on LinkedIn, I was talking about hiring and like, you know, what do you need to keep in mind for hiring? And some people were saying motivation and some people were saying talent and some people were saying skill. And, you know, they all had, all had like different takes on how to build the best team. And what I was curious about, like, you know, imagine if you could just have a tool that uses natural language processing to distill down the key principles, the most common themes that people have in mind across specific topics and just give that to you. So you don't have to keep reading over and over again, all these permutations because we waste so much time on this repetitive, different variations of the similar core principles. And it'd just be nice if you could just like, you know, go get me all of that, distill it in a really nice crisp way. That's very sensical. And uh, sort of the phone, give me that bullet points. That would be my ideal tool. So it just simplifies because that, uh, you know, I'm across so many different topics, so many different areas. You know, we work with HR SaaS and we work with FinTech and we work in B2B and, you know, I work in performance marketing and then I work in affiliate marketing and then I, I work in customer retention. And, you know, so there's such different areas of knowledge and niche bubbles and it's really hard to juggle them. So a tool that could just tell me what I'm missing out on that's new and fresh and the principles that are really important and kind of help me just um, process information and change faster would be more effective. It's that distillation of data that I hear from a lot of people, actually. Um, it's some kind of AI-driven assistance with um, what should a marketer focus on. It, it, it's all about improving focus and um, simply ask, uh, answering the question, am I focusing on the right thing? Because there are so many sources of data nowadays. I think most marketers struggle with with prioritizing what has to be done. Do, do, do you have any thoughts on how a marketer should go about deciding on what's the most important thing to do? Uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's not about what's happening in the outside world. It's actually in term, in ter in term, it's an internal commitment to focus on what's going to drive the biggest impact. And it's been clear on what that impact is as a quantifiable KPI, but effectively it has to be smart, right? You have to be specific, it needs to be measurable, it needs to be achievable. Someone needs to be responsible for it, and the timeline needs to be very clear. And if you're working in a smart way towards understanding what are the key KPIs that you need to be driving, you map out your activities, and then you prioritize them by impact, confidence, and ease. So what's going to deliver the most impact? What are you most confident in that's going to deliver that impact? And what's the, most, the least costly in order of having that impact? Then you prioritize that. So that's a nice methodology in two different ways, systems to think about prioritization. But really, the prioritization needs to be this is where I'm going to drive the result and how I'm going to do it. I think the problem is that's all great and dandy and easy to say. The challenge is things are always changing. 
and it's adapting to constant changes. Like if you're like, okay, I'm just going to drive Google ads. Or, I mean, SEO is a better example, right? Like when you're doing SEO 15 years ago, you can manipulate meta tags. And if you continue to manipulate them, you get penalized. So if you weren't on top of the changes algorithmically, that would have a catastrophic commercial impact. And then the tension is external changes versus your internal KPIs. But I think it, you need to be smart about what is that? What is this? You know, if you're doing SEO, you've got to keep on top of trends. But then don't try and then add on more skills. Don't go into conversion rate optimization and paid search and, you know, um, paid social and affiliate marketing. And, and, you know, it just doesn't and influence the marketing. You don't need to go and develop all these additional skills to, to actually um, protect your income or protect your, your career. You can just keep going deep into SEO. And as long as you're really, really good at that, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll have enough income. You'll, you'll have job security and you'll have good nurturing business relationships. So I think a lot of it comes from an emotional state of FOMO and fear for security. And that's what drives a lot of people to feel like they're always they're not on top of stuff. And I think that's normal. I think we all experience that as well, overwhelmed with too many emails and too many things to read and not enough time. Um, and I think the key is just to focus, focus on what's most important, focus on how you can become the best at that specific shaped challenge or problem. So either based upon what we've discussed so far today, or perhaps even bringing in something new, what's one takeaway, one key takeaway you'd like to leave the listener with that they can perhaps think about or implement within their business, maybe from a marketing technology perspective or maybe some other marketing angle? So I think one of the things that people tell me is they feel overwhelmed with the amount of marketing technology solutions out there. They're like, okay, it's, pro, it's growing, it's proliferating. You look at Scotland because marketing technology landscape grew from 150 to 7,000 in six years. What solution do we pick? And the truth is, if you look at the number of categories, there's only 49 categories. And in the 49, there's only one or two top solutions in any category. Like there's usually the best or the best solution. And you don't need to find all, you don't have to troll through, through all 228 lead capture options like if you just go for ConvertKit, which is like the market leader in that in that category by traffic based on the research i did then you're fine you're good enough you know you don't need to go and research 15 solutions to find the best to get that incremental improvement so i think don't worry that you're not you don't have the best tool i think just make sure that you're kind of in the top two or three best tools within each category but then you, most of those categories you don't even need to be in like do you really need like governance and privacy policy software like and you don't necessarily need it you know um yeah do you really need programmatic software well only if you're doing programmatic if you don't you don't need to worry about it do you really need a demand side platform do you really need a, a customer data platform like just because there's all these categories doesn't mean you need to go and buy the kit and all of them so i think don't worry about it there's a lot of software out there just find the tools that are right for you build a tech stack that you believe works well together based on best practice from talking to other experts and I think that's the, the best advice. It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. You're not, the, the FOMO is not um, justified, in my opinion, from my experience. Orn, thank you so much for your time and your tips today. What's the best way for the listeners to find out more about you and what you do? Sure. So um, can we leave notes in the show, show notes? Yes, yes, we can do. So if we can leave a link, if people are interested in the MarTech project and signing up for that, that'd be great. And sure. then the best way is probably just, yeah, connect to me on LinkedIn. We're quite prolific on LinkedIn. Great. Okay. Well, that um, link will be included in the show notes at um, contentcal.io slash blog. Um, thank you so much again for joining us. Pleasure. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. If you haven't done so already, sign up for your free trial of Content Cal 
plan, collaborate on, approve and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. Plus check out all the other MarTech Stack Show episodes over at contentcal.io. Also, wherever you're watching or listening to this show, let us know your opinion. What are the three most important marketing technologies in your business? Let us know and we'll try and give you a shout out on a future show or maybe even have you on as a future guest. Thanks again.